The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. They're giving away an autographed DeAndre Swift jersey and a merch store gift card. Get all the details by following them on Twitter at SGPN Fantasy. That's at SGPN Fantasy. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We are ever so closer to the NBA season. Preseason is well underway, but we are going to continue with our division previews. Three previews down, three to go. Sorry, four down and two to go, and we're going to tackle another one here today. It's going to be the Southeast Division in the Eastern Conference. But joining me to help me break it down between these five teams in the Southeast Divisions, you guys already know them, the voices of the NBA Gambling Podcast WNBA Gambling Podcast. First, it's a superstar of the show. Villain. The villainy is back. It's Terrell Berman Jr. Terrell, how you doing, my man? Yes, sir. What's going on? It is. It feels great. It feels great because I just watched a 17, 18-year-old kid that is 7-2 dribble the ball down the court like he is a guard and go to the rack. When I say I cannot wait I cannot wait. This is going to be expert level tanking. Like this is going to be, I'm talking about this is going to surpass what the 76ers did level of tanking. This is going to be astonishing level of tanking. And not only because of that, he was playing in Las Vegas last night. So every coach and scout in the league was there to see him in America play against the G League in 19. Wow, I just cannot wait. I, I think that I think it's going to be something incredible level of taking where we just see people don't even go into the front court. Like they're just going to stand in the back court and just sit there and they're going to let them score. That's how crazy level of taking this is going to be. This is absolutely going to be <laughs> hilarious. Also joining us, the many voices on the SGPN network and the pods that he does as well. You guys know from the Tennis Gambling Podcast, WNBA Gambling Podcast, NFL Gambling Podcast. Fantasy Football Podcast, and of course, the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, my man? Nothing much. Doing pretty well. Uh, I also watched a bit of that game yesterday in the uh, – it was half G League. It was half international, but it was still yeah. a very good time. I also thought Scoot Henderson looked really good. Of course, yeah. Victor yeah. is the main prize, mm-hmm. but a consolation there for Scoot's not bad. Uh, but I did think of – Terrell, when I was watching the Nets play their first preseason game, because I saw Ben Simmons miss his first two free throws, and I immediately <laughs> hey, man, thought look, they, look, and to this day, I will never forgive Ben Simmons for not going and just playing one game. Just one game. Not only did he, he miss both. He missed yeah. both. And <laughs> one game. That is all I need. I had everything on that. I knew he was going to miss it. There was no way he was going to make it. There's still no way. In the regular season, he's going to miss that first free throw. And, oh, my gosh. I need to go see if that book will have that prop open again. Yeah, I was just going to ask. I was like, do you think they're going to offer that prop again? <laughs> I feel like it was season? only because of the Ben Simmons drama that they said, hey, let's do this. But, yeah. no, they'll be they'll be foolish. They'll be foolish to give me that prop again because I promise you I'll put everything <laughs> on it. 
All right, so we're here to talk about the Southeast Division. I know last week Scott and Terrell did the Central Division. If you haven't uh, listened to that pod already, make sure you do so as we prepare and get ever so closer to the NFL, sorry, NFL, the NBA season. And then uh, Zach and uh, McKee also knocked out the Northwest Division. And then Terrell and McKee are also going to do another division as well. So yeah, four we down. Did the Pacific. We did the Pacific. You already division. did it. That should be dropping soon. All right. So, yeah, make sure to check out all four of those pods. We have two left, Southwest Division, and we're going to talk about the Southeast Division here today. Um, guys, let's just kick it off. Um, we'll start at the bottom uh, uh, of this division, and we'll kind of work our way up and go from there. Um, so right now in the Southeast Division, I'm currently seeing the Orlando Magic. And I know when we did the Eastern Conference win totals previews, which was back in August around 25th, only two win totals have shifted uh, in this division, and one of these teams is the Orlando Magic. Back when we did that on August 25th, their win total was at 26.5. That number has now gone up by a full win, uh, one win up to 27.5. Their division odds currently sit at 200 to 1. For them to make the playoffs, it's 12 to 1, and for them to miss the playoffs, it's minus 2,500. But I was really high on this Orlando Magic team coming into the season. Scott, let me start with you with this Orlando Magic team. Has anything changed for you since we talked about this team when we did the Eastern Conference win totals? Um, But any opinions changed? What are you you kind of thinking for this team coming into the season in this division? I don't think anything has really changed with my stance, except every single team that's supposed to not make the playoffs. You can just imagine in your head. Can you imagine if they got Victor? Like you just have a full conversation about how every team at the bottom of every division should just be tanking. But I think Orlando is going to be not a great team. I think they're going to be surprisingly entertaining and I'd say better than most people expect because most people think this team is going to be terrible. And I feel like this team could, keyword could, potentially win 30 if things go well and if Boncaro progresses very quickly and wins Rookie of the Year, for example. I think if mm-hmm. Boncaro averages, let's just say, 15-7, and 15-8, and eight, I think this team could win a decent amount of games compared to what their win total is. Now, do I think they're going to win north of 30, 35? No. I'm not, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be in the play-in. But if you go through the overall roster, they do have a decent amount of young talent. Yeah. And Boncaro, I know, was awful in his first preseason game. I really don't care, but I'm sure a lot of the media is going to overreact to it. I still think he's a good player. If Wendell Carter Jr., who does have a bit of injury issues, but he's still a pretty good player. Cole Anthony, also decent. Jalen Suggs, decent as well. Uh, you have Wagner, who I think we can all agree was very good in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. I think this team has pieces, and I think that if you want to talk about a team that is going to play hard and a team that is going to potentially sneak up on other teams, maybe even as underdogs mid, uh, in the season and you want to take them on random money line spots, I think this team could surprise people because this team does have an identity. It does have some hungry young talent that is willing to put in the work And I think defensively, they actually try. And that's something that you see kind of lacking with young teams around the league. I know Munaf's a Rockets fan. I think that's just an example of what I was going to say about defense. But Orlando tries. And I think they could potentially end up winning 30, maybe 33 as a ceiling. I'm still into the over. They're not going to make the playoffs. I think the question is, will they finish in last place? Probably. But maybe not. I think that's kind of my expectations. Yeah. 
Paulo Pancara right now is the odds-on favorite to win Rookie of the Year, currently sitting at 2-1. to one. Um, Yeah, my stance hasn't really changed either much on this team. I know they uh, did get news. I think this was after we had did the uh, early look at the win totals about Markel Fultz is going to be out for some time for this team. But overall, you're right. I think there's a lot of great young talent on this team. Um, it's just about them, you know, committing to the defensive side of the basketball as well. But uh, Terrell, same question for you. Orlando Magic, current win total sitting at 27 and a half. Has anything changed for you over the course of the last uh, month and a half? No, no, nothing really changed. I think that they're still going to be one of the bottom seasons of the East, but they're going to look good while doing it. Uh, if we want to compare this team to, you know, other teams, we always make the jokes about how the Philadelphia Rockets are the Houston Rockets <laughs> of the playoff, that playoff run. Well, this Orlando Magic team looks like this Houston Rockets team now where they have a whole bunch of young talent. They're just not really there to put it together yet. They don't have the veteran leadership. I think the coaching is there, so now they're step four because I think they finally got the coach. They don't have the veteran leadership, and they're just kind of figuring it out, which, I mean, these guys are 18, 19, 20 years old, <laughs> yeah. you know, playing in the league. So I think that this is an opportunity for them to just kind of figure it out, keep things going, try to aim for a trajectory like the Memphis Grizzly went on when they took their young team and just got them some reps, and then everybody was healthy, and they had a great run into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think that this team is a year or two before getting to that step. So while they have a bunch of nice pieces, I just expect them to fall short a number of games, whether they have a lead and blow a lead, whether they can't compete with the top teams. I just expect them to fall short a number of games. I think that they're going to be fun to watch, but I'm not expecting too much. Probably right around this total. They'll be lucky if they get the 30. Yeah, I think the only significant news that, like I mentioned, was Markel Foots who's dealing with a uh, fractured toe. is going to be out indefinitely. So you're looking at a starting lineup of Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, Paulo Pancaro, and then uh, Wendell Carter Jr. And again, they do have some. And that's really good. Like, that's really good. (laughs) That's a really good lineup. They're just young, but that's really, really good. Yeah, and again, like you mentioned there, Terrell, the coaching, I think it's going to make the difference for this team as well. I'm still leaning, yeah, like I mentioned, over this total, even at 27.5. I think, Scott, both of you and I agree that this team could probably get into that 30 wins range uh, as well. Um, Terrell, which way are you leaning towards the win total here? Yeah, I'm still going to take an over. I'm not okay. going to say that it's, it's an automatic, you know, they're going to get to 30. But I do think that this is a little bit more of a conservative of a number for a team that we don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish 28, 29, 30 around that range. We're also going to oh. talk about the other teams in this division. I don't think, let's just say, it's the strongest division in the league. So I think they could potentially win a decent amount of division games if the cards align themselves. But I think the only concern or the only reason why I think they won't get over would be injuries particularly mm-hmm. to the backcourt. If you look at the players they have, Markel's already injured. I can't say we're surprised by that. Jalen Suggs missed a decent amount of games last year. You also have Cole Anthony who gets injured a decent amount. And Wendell Carter Jr. also gets injured a decent amount. So I feel like injuries, which is you know common sense, uh, a, defin- a definitive factor that can limit the upside of a team, the fact that a decent amount of their players, particularly in one position grouping in the backcourt, have had injury issues for the last couple of years, I think is concerning. And the fact that Fultz is missing the start is an issue, but I can't immediately assume that everyone is going to get hurt again and that this team's going to be useless if the guards get hurt. I still like their supporting cast besides the guards, but it is worth mentioning injuries could be a problem because a lot of their players have had pretty concerning injury histories. Can we say that? Yeah, 100%. 
And I think we still don't know about what's going to happen with Jonathan Isaac. I mean, he hasn't played an NBA game in, what, two, three years now uh, for for this Orlando Magic team. So, yeah, I think you're 100% correct about that, Scott, about the injury concern for this team as well. Um, anything else you guys want to mention for this Orlando Magic team? No, do you no, think- no. No, go ahead, Scott. I was just going to ask, do you think Boncaro actually wins rookie of the year? <sighs> I don't think so. Who are you picking? I would. I, there's been a lot of flash about Keegan Murray uh, with Sacramento, um, but if I had to, not really a dark horse, but I, I really want to see what Ben Matherin's going to be able to do with the Pacers because it's really him and Tyrese Halliburton until they do find trade partners for Miles Turner and Buddy Hield, whether that's with the Lakers or wherever that might be. But I, if I had to pick right now from a value standpoint at twelve to one, I, I kind of like Ben Matherin. Yeah, I think that Murray right now through Summer League and everything like that has looked like the most polished rookie up to this point. Yeah. The problem is with the Aaron Fox and Sabonis on the same team. Are you sure he's going to get that many shots? Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of the concern. Matherin's going to be told you have the ultimate green light. Have fun. Yeah. So I can understand mm-hmm. your angle there. Terrell, any thoughts on that for Pankero? Yeah, I mean, I'm – Call me chalk, and I'm normally not the chalk person on the show, but it's Paolo until somebody else proves it otherwise. And just because of what you said, we talked about the injuries, and we didn't say Paolo's name at all, but you said everybody else in that starting lineup. So if they do go through an injury bug, he's going to have like the ultimate beyond green light, and it's going to not even be close. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, 100%. All right, before we get over to the next team, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, Win. Thinking of joining WinBet, now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. WinBet is live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Plus, WinBet has their own same-game parlay feature. Just click on the game you like. Slag, build your own bet, and start building a monster parlay. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Roster brought to you by Fubo TV. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free. For seven days and get 15% off your first month, just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. All right, guys, let's get over to the next uh, team in this Southeast division, and that's going to be the Washington Wizards. Not much has changed on their win total. It is sitting at 35 and a half over on win bet. Division odds are currently 20 to 1. For them to make the playoffs plus 340 and to miss the playoffs minus four, uh, yeah, 475. Uh, we talked about it in the offseason. Bradley Beal secures his bag to stay with the Washington Wizards. Um, they did make a couple moves in the offseason as well. The current projected starting lineup. Hey, wait, was, you said his uh, name wrong. 
What I say? Bradley keep a bag Beal. <laughs> Bradley keep. There you go. <laughs> Thank Bradley you. keep a bag Beal. Uh, they did make some trades in the offseason uh, with the Denver Nuggets. Currently, their projected starting lineup is going to be Monte Morris, uh, Bradley Beal. Sorry, Bradley keep a bag Beal. Thank you. Will Will Barton, Kyle Kuzma, and KP Kristaps Porzingis. Um, Terrell, let me start with you on the Washington Wizards. Um, Thirty-five and a half for their win total. Has anything changed for you over the course of the summer here? And what are you thinking about this win total for this Wizards team? Well, I mean, I would hope something changed for me because, you know, I lost this win total at the last couple of games last season. I had the under and they just come up to like the last day. It was like one of the last couple days and it was a win that they probably really shouldn't have had gotten. I think it was against the Bucks. I don't know. It was something weird. I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. But, huh. Bradley keep a bag deal is the man. He's just he he knows that you know what I'm not chasing all these other things that other people want. I just want the bag, and that's it. And he ultimately gave up last season to secure that bag and to make sure he went ahead, got that payday. He was tired of playing hurt, tired of doing all this. He effectively quit that last season. So I have to think that they're gonna do somewhat better. I, I truly think that they're going to be a little bit more fortunate in the injury department. Now, you, I think Beal will play majority of the games. I don't know how much you're going to get out of Porzingis. And then you add Johnny Davis in there. I think he's going to be a really good addition into that uh, front court for them. I'm going to lean over here very, very slightly. I really don't like this team. I do still feel like that they're a pickup basketball team, not going to lie. But – I, I think that they have pieces. I think that they're putting it together. Monte Morris is going to be a cool little point guard project for them, and I think that he's going to add a, lo- a level of veteranship to this team with Bradley Beal. And then you talk about uh, Rui. You ha- talk about having um, traded for Will Barton. And although I know how some people here feel about Will Barton, he is still another, <laughs> another veteran piece that they could add to this team. It just really – I'm expecting to see a little bit of a changing guard of the veterans anchoring this team, but the younger guys, when you talk about a Davis, when you talk about a kisser guys like that coming and stepping up and adding significant minutes to the team. So I kind of, I'm not going to say I like Washington, but 35 and a half is very similar to where it was at last year. And I think that they're going to be healthier and Beal's going to play more games. So I'm just going to have to lean over. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, they have a lot of young talent on this team, right? You talked about they drafted Johnny Davis 10th overall to kind of give them that some of that point guard depth. They made the trade with the Denver Nuggets, bringing in Will Barton, Monte Morris, uh, Denny Avdia. We didn't mention the, another uh, good young yeah. talent for this team. Corey Kispert, you mentioned it, Rui Achimura. So, you know, last season there was a lot of guys, like you said, Terrell, that were out with injuries and, and things like that. And there is, again, talent on this team, but it's about them putting it together here. But, Scott, uh, Washington Wizards here sitting with a win total of 35 and a half. Uh, what are your thoughts about this team? I'm on the under. I think this team's not going to be very good. I know last year they ended up going over their win total, but if you look at the difference between basically the first two months and the rest of the season, the Wizards mm-hmm. were the one seed in the Eastern Conference for about a day. That that just sums up how good they started the season. What were they, like 18 and 9 or something? Like oh, yeah. They, they yeah, were no. really good to start, and they fell off a cliff. I think they're more like the second-half team. And, yes, I know that Porzingis is healthy, quote-unquote. You have Beal, who should be playing in the second half. I get all that. I just think they're not a very good team on paper. And I think if you want to talk about the young talent they have, Kispert, 
I mean, for being totally honest with each other, he has not been very good since he came into the league. Johnny Davis went to the same college I did. The issue is I've been trying to keep an eye on the depth chart and how he's looked so far. I think Davis is going to be basically a non-factor his rookie year. I think he needs some time to potentially gain some size, some strength, and I think that he's going to be mostly a bench player, if that, on this team. I just don't see many guys that I really like on this roster. Now, Kuzma, I think, is a pretty good player. But I also liked the amount of volume that he got last year. Now you have Porzingis and Beal. I'm not sure what Kuzma's role is actually going to be in this lineup. I think that if you're looking at Barton, I mean, my opinions on Barton are well documented. He's one of my least favorite players in the league. But he's got talent, so I guess you know maybe he can do something. The interesting piece is Hachimura. Because people did not know when he was supposed to come back last year. He kind of went AWOL. And then he randomly came back and he was good. And I think we can all agree that Hachimura, when he plays, is a pretty underrated option. So this team has a lot of bodies. I'm just not sure how good the bodies actually are. I'm going to go with the under. They're a pickup basketball team. That's what I'm saying. I don't don't know if they have really any chemistry. And Beal or Porzingis or both, I expect to get hurt at some point during the season because they always do. I'm going with the under. I think that this team, even though they surprised some people for about half the year last year, a lot of their success was extremely front-loaded, and they fell off a cliff. I'm going with the under. I think this team will probably win closer to 31 games or so. I think it's going to be shockingly close between Washington and Orlando for who finishes in last. That's what I think. I'm a little bit low on the Wizards. Yeah, this team peaked at 14 and 8 last season. And then I they said, went. I said 16 and 8. Okay, close enough. Yeah, close enough. Uh, and then they went on to lose seven of eight games. And then they just kind of, after that, you guys said it, they kind of fell off a cliff after that uh, and ended up winning 35 games last season, finishing up 35 and 47. And it, for me, it kind of feels like uh, what is the identity of this team? Like, you know, we talked about they gave Bradley Beal the money. Okay, like he didn't want to like Terrell mentioned, go out like some of the other, other players in this league and and join up with a, a Lakers team or a team where they needed a piece to go on and win that title like a Bradley B who stayed in Washington in D.C. and, you know, secured his bag. And it's like, what direction does this Washington Wizards team want to go in, right? We talked about how they have the young talent on this team, but you also have veterans on this team. And, you know, there's no, there's no identity. And I think that's what kind of scares me off about this. Wizards team. I think last year their win total was at 33 and a half. And I think that's bumped up to 35 and a half this season, but they did finish up with 35 wins last season, like I mentioned, but yeah, I, I I'm slightly leaning towards the under here as well. Um, there are players again, we know KP times is going to miss anywhere from 20 to 25 games just because of the injuries that he does deal with, whether it's an ankle or knee or a back issue. Yeah. Um, and there, yeah. And, and, for me, again, who's going to be that second or third guy after Bradley Beal? Like, there's no consistency there for me. Um, and, and again, I agree with Scott about Will Barton. You, you guys know how I feel about Will Barton as well. So I would lead towards the under on this team as well. Uh, anything else for this team uh, you guys do like? Maybe a Bradley Beal to lead the team and uh, lead the league in scoring bet or anything like that? I bet Bradley Beal to lead the team in bags for sure. <laughs> yeah, Bradley keep the bag, Beal lead the team in bags. That's like minus one million, but. You know, just put up a bunch of collateral. You'll get some profit. I'm trying to see what Bradley Beals. Uh, they have the books are projecting him over under 25 and a half points per game. You guys have an over. opinion on that? Is, is there a minimum amount of games required? Because Beals going to we know Beals a shooter. It's what he's going to do. I still think Beals going to drop 
27 a game. The only issue is how many games they're actually going to play. Yeah. I, I think that's the only concern. But the Wizards, you can argue that this team on paper might not be the worst team, you know, in the, of course, in the league. They're, they're not a great unit, but they got a lot of bodies, as I said sure. before. I think if you look at the overall just roster breakdown and the salary cap breakdown, is it like the least desirable job in the league for a GM? I don't know what you do about this team. You have Beal for an eternity, and I don't yeah. know if you ever want Beal as your best player. If you if he is your best player, you're probably not making the playoffs. And you're paying Porzingis because for some reason they traded for him with Dallas and gave up Bertanz's bad deal, but they got robbed in the process. It was really just a bad uh, trade for Washington. I don't know what a GM's supposed to do with this team. And you mentioned before, Munaf, about what this team's direction is or identity. They have to try. They're spending too much money to fully, fully tank. So they're kind of just trapped in purgatory where they voluntarily signed up to pay a bunch of money to be an underwhelming team. Yeah, I agree. Um, All right, let's get over to the next team in this division. It's going to be the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Win total still at 36.5 over on win bet division odds 14-1. to Um, for them to make the playoffs is plus 265 and to miss the playoffs, it's a minus 350. This is one of the teams guys in this uh, division or even in the Eastern conference that a lot of people are expecting to take a huge step back. And we kind of look at their depth chart. It's, it's pretty much the same players that they had last season, right? LaMelo ball and Terry Rozier are going to be your backcourt. Gordon Hayward is there as well. Um, but we know about the injury concerns and injury history with Gordon Hayward. And mind you, last season when Gordon Hayward was on the floor for this Charlotte Hornets team, they were a, a lot better team. P.J. Washington is going to be at that power forward position. And then Mason Plumlee, uh, my, one of my favorite guys, is still at the center position for this team as well. Um, but after that, it, there's not a lot of depth on this team. You still have Kelly Oubre and James Booknight should get more playing time for this team. But Scott, let me start with you with the Charlotte Hornets Uh, last season. This team, let me see, finished up with a record of uh, 30, sorry, 43 and 39, where I think they made it into that play in tournament, gave up another, what, 140 piece to the opponent. But uh, Scott, what's your opinion about this Charlotte Hornets team coming into this new season? The more that I think about this team, the more that I think it's going to be a disaster, and there's really no other way around it. You can really make a case, even though LaMelo is viewed as being the best player on the team. Makes sense. You know, he's all the highlights, and he's the point guard. I thought Bridges was easily the best player on the team last year, just based on consistency. I thought Bridges was great. And the problem is, of course, now he's basically out of the league, Mm -hmm. and he fumbled the bag uh, harder than anybody I've ever seen in a long time. But the point is, I do think that with Bridges being out, who was basically a fringe all-star. I thought that he was that good last year. I think that he's basically impossible for this team to replace just collectively. And Hayward, yes, when he's healthy, the team plays well. We know he's getting hurt. It's going to happen. It happens Mm -hmm. every year. We we don't even know if Hayward's going to play 40 games this year or any given year. That's always a problem. But you're looking at this team. They have a brand-new coach. Do I like the hiring of their new coach? No. I think they should have embraced the offense. Now, I think that you can argue they should be a better defensive team because of who they brought in. Yeah. But your team's never going to be a good defensive team as long as Lamelo guards your um, Lamelo Ball is your point guard because he doesn't guard anybody. Yeah. So I don't think anything's really going to change. I think this team's going to struggle. 
And I think that Bridges was really just that good for this team. And it wasn't the organization's fault that he decided to be an idiot. And as a result, you just lost your best or second best player for nothing for the entire season or for the immediate future. I'm on the under. And this team's going to be bad. I don't think they're going to be like, holy crap, they're suddenly in a top five pick situation for Victor or for Scoot. But I do think when you look back on them this season at the end, probably I think they got a shot to finish in the bottom 10 for a lottery drawing. I'm not sold. I know that Munaf and I were not a fan of the hiring that they had for the head coach. You lose Bridges, though. He was so good for that team. I'm on the under. I think this team's going to be bad. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me when they did make the hire of Steve Clifford to come back as the head coach for this team. But uh, Terrell, Charlotte Hornets, uh, what are your thoughts about this team coming into this year? Y'all ain't never hit y'all old thing up and say, hey, what's up, Shawty? Like, what's, what you trying to do? Like, it's we, it's been some time, you know. I was just thinking about you. I hope your mom's is good and all that. Everything, the dog good. You know, maybe we could go yeah. catch, di- get dinner and catch up. Like, y'all ain't never, y'all ain't never spun the block on nobody before. That's all they did. They just spun the block on the old thing and said, hey, Steve Clifford, look. Now, nah, look. Now, I know we didn't finish on good turns and all that. We tried to go a different direction, but you know you was always the one for me so of course come on back we need your defensive proudness we need you to make us a better defensive team again and unfortunately for them excuse me unfortunately for them they don't have the roster to be a good defensive team you're let's not pigeonhole Lamelo. like he's the only this whole team doesn't play defense like nobody on the team plays defense and so the issue with them and bringing Clifford in is that they don't have the staff for him to have a great D. De- I'm sure he's going to p- try to put everybody in that mindset. They're not going to look good doing it. No, they're not going to look good doing it at all. And then you add what Scott is talking about and you lose your leading score, technically 20.2 points per game. You lose a 20 point per game score and have nothing to bring back in. Nothing. And not only was he a 20-point-per-game scorer, he also led your team in games played with 80 games played on the season. He's the only player on the whole team to play 80 games throughout the season. So with the whole bunch of lack of continuity, with losing your best score, with adding in a defensive coach to a team that doesn't play defense, nor does any player have the identity of playing defense, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad for the Charlotte team. I would not be su- surprised if this Charlotte Hornets team was last place team in this division. Looking at Cliff's, uh, sorry, Steve Clifford's record when the in the five seasons that he was there with this team, the most wins. That, so there was, uh, sorry, five seasons, only two seasons. They finished with a record above 500. That was back in the 2015-2016 season, 48 and 34. Other season was his first year, 43 and 39. Other than that, three out of the five years, they missed the playoff. They uh, peaked at 36 wins in two of those years. So doesn't make sense to me. Again, we talked about this in the offseason. It just didn't make sense to me about the hire that they had. And you guys nailed it that this just roster, especially without Miles Bridges, I just don't think is going to be very good either. And defensively, when you don't have players that commit to the defensive side of the basketball the effort is just not going to be there. And again, last year, early on, when the season started, we were pounding the overs in their games uh, to go go over the totals uh, because, number one, they could score the basketball, but at the same time, they weren't playing any type of defense either. So, again, I, I, I'm I'm with Terrell. I like the under on this uh, team as well. I think, Scott, you're on the under for this team as well, right? 
I'm on the under. I don't think they're going to be last place, but I think they're going to be an easy lottery team, potentially a top five draft pick lottery team. But two things I do want to mention, since uh, I, you're right, I only mentioned Lamelo for the bad defense. My point is it kind of starts with the best player or the face of the franchise. And if he's not going to focus on the defensive end, then a lot of the other players might not as well based on like trickle down. But it's going to be really funny with Clifford, who is a defensive-minded coach, trying to organize a defensive scheme for a backcourt of LaMelo, Rozier, and Oubre. That's going to be really, really funny trying to imagine them playing defense. And also, Terrell mentioned you know, the situation where Charlotte hit up the Rex to see what they were up to. The people that do that are down bad. I think Charlotte's down bad. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> hey man, sometimes you got some, sometimes you got that one that you like. Oh nah, I got to come back to you. I got to come back right it's there. The, it's and the so, one that got away. I don't think Clifford's the one that got away. That's the problem. And you mentioned <laughs> uh, Munaf the previous records that he had with Charlotte. Yeah, they also had prime Kemba Walker. I don't know if that yeah. really applies in this situation. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're just all in agreement. I think I'm still dumbfounded by the decision that they made to bring back Steve. I'm not Clifford. saying they would have been good with Dan Tony or something, but at least embrace your current roster. It seems like you're trying to just shove yeah. a square piece into a circular hole, and I don't think it's a good fit. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, before we get over to the uh, top two teams in this division, let me tell you guys about the Elias Game Plan app. Do you ever wish that the that before every NFL game you could get up-to-date and accurate information before placing your bets or locking into your fantasy lineups? Well, now you can with the Elias Game Plan app, the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB. Whether you're part of a fantasy tournament, placing bets, or just a huge sports fan and stats nerd, Elias Game Plan has everything that you need. The Elias Game Plan is a sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats, the last sports bureau, the official statisticians of U.S. pro sports league since 1913. You see and hear their trusted uh, facts all the time from ESPN, your local radio broadcast and television broadcast. But now you can have all the stats and facts and team and player updates in the palm of your hand. So all you have to do to take advantage of this for the NFL season and get to the next level is number one, download the Elias game plan app today and choose from three game plans when you subscribe weekly, monthly, or annually. But I can get you 25% off your first month when you choose the monthly subscription and use promo code SGPN25. Find Elias Game Plan Sports Betting in the App Store or Play Store and use my promo code SGPN25 to get that 25% off your first month when you choose the monthly subscription plan. Roster brought to you by PromoGuide.us. PromoGuide.us is the best place to go if you're interested in plus EV betting strategies. They've got daily updates on odds boosts and huge cash bonuses from all major sports books. And they've got a VIP Discord group that puts plus, that puts even deeper plus EV analytics right at your fingertips. I got to say, we've been looking at their daily promo updates and they are some of the most informative in the game. They don't simply tell you what team is probable to win, but where you'll get the best odds and how to track down and cash in big on constantly changing promotions. If you're not already using a mathematical model to help with your picks, you're missing out on an insanely valuable tool. And the best part of it all is that Promo Guy is run by a small team of passionate sports fans dedicated to building a well-informed betting better community. Go to PromoGuy.us and check out their 100% track, transparent, and proven method for betting smarter. So make sure to check out PromoGuy.us. 
And we're also brought to you by No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for a shot at winning $250,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house in 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet up to five player props over unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just the way you play or how you play, but it's also where you play. You don't want to miss out on this. Sign up with promo code SGPN at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app to get a first deposit match of up to $25. All right, guys, let's get over to the cream of the crop in this Southeast division. It's going to be first the Atlanta Hawks, who come in with a win total of 46 and a half. Their division odds to win this division is at plus 170. To make the playoffs, minus 265. And to miss the playoffs is at plus 210. Uh, Obviously, the big offseason move for this team, bringing in DeJounte Murray over from the San Antonio Spurs to pair with Trey Young. And now you're going to probably see Trey Young playing more off the ball this season and letting DeJounte Murray really run the offense for this team. And DeJounte Murray, another player who's was pretty good defensively for this, uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. And now he can, you know, be that guy in the backcourt to play really well defensively. Last season, the uh, Atlanta Hawks finished up with a record of, uh, let's see here, 40. No, that's not the right year. 41. No, Give me a second. Um, regular season. They were a playing team. I mean. Yeah, 43 and 39, and they beat, like you, uh, Scott just mentioned there, they absolutely blew the doors off of the uh, Charlotte Hornets in that play-in tournament game. Well, they played this season. They beat Cleveland yeah. on the road after that. Yeah, 46 and a half is his win total. Uh, Terrell, let me start with you, with the Atlanta Hawks. Magic City Wings, Atlanta Hawks, what are you thinking about this team? They probably have one of the more dynamic backcourts now with Jante Murray and um, Trey Young. I'm telling you right now, if you ain't been to Magic City get no wings, you you missing out. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to say that's a that's a I have to stop there. I'm in the A. I gotta stop there and get some wings. No, but for real, what I'll say is first Trey Young MVP 35 to 1. Trey Young scoring title 10 to 1. I think that I love this trade. I love this trade. I talked about offseason. I love this trade. You bring in DeJounte Murray, somebody that can handle the basketball, that can get Trey Young more active when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. You know, a lot of times you'll see Trey Young without the ball in his hands. He'll be standing at top of the key, hands on his hips, hands on his knees, just kind of watching the play develop because he's not involved. No, now Javante, uh, not Javante, but DeJounte Murray. Mm-hmm forces you to be active in the offense you can run a lot more off ball you can do a lot more things you can make this offense more explosive he is a slasher able to get to the rim when Trey Young is spacing the floor and you have the defensive ability of Murray Murray was was an honorable mention for all defense like the all defensive team he was an honorable mention for that and one of the highest player highest voted players that did not actually make, make the team he was that close to making team. That's how much of an upgrade he is defensively. So that adds, what, now two people on this team that know how to play defense? So I think that there is a lot of room of growth for this Atlanta team. I think that is more pigeonholed towards the trajectory of Trey Young. Now, does that trajectory of Trey Young go up and the wins go up? I'm not going to 100% say that those two things are uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? One in the same. I'm not going to say that they're one in the same. I think that Trey Young's going to have a better season, and they probably could finish about the same place that they finished last year. However, I do think that is something to look forward to. In terms of his win total, I will uh, – the defense still still concerns me for the Hawks. I have to see that see that team play defense, be a solid defensive team before I believe it. So I'm going to slightly go under. I don't think they're going to be a bad team. I think they're going to finish probably somewhere around 45 wins. Scott? I think a lot of the win total for me is going to come down to how many games DeAndre Hunter actually plays because Hunter and Murray together is a ridiculous defensive tandem. And I feel like they're going to be one of the most underrated duos for defensive duos in the entire league. But I do want to point out, though, that you're talking about how Trey Young is suddenly going to play more off ball, which makes sense because DeJounte now is actually a good ball handler and create his own. We know what he did at San Antonio. That's kind of an issue, though, that I have, especially in the early portion of the season. We've seen Atlanta get off the slow starts for the last couple of years before waking up post-All-Star break. You're asking Trey to start doing stuff offensively that he's really never done before, where it comes to coming off ball when usually he's the one with the ball in his hands the entire possession. And I think as a result, for the first month or two, they're going to be underwhelming. I think there's going to be growing pains offensively because of the new, I'd say, requirements of young in this offense, which is going to involve coming off screens now and trying to create good spacing or maybe just not even having the ball in his hands for most of the time. I think he'll still put up a decent amount of points and decent amount of shots. But I do think when you're asking a player who's played the game of basketball one way for his entire career, which is to be a ball dominant point guard. And now you want him to start sprinkling in some other stuff that he hasn't really done before that usually doesn't result in a cohesive offense for the first couple of months. I think eventually they'll get the hang of it. I think eventually it's going to work out. But I do think early on in the year, Atlanta is going to struggle. And I think as a result, when they finally wake up and piece it together in the second half, they might be a little bit too far behind to go over this number. They're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to fall off a cliff. But I do think I'm going to lean to the under because I expect to fade them in the early portion of the year and wait for chemistry to finally kick in. Yeah, I think you guys absolutely nailed it here. Number one, defensively, is this team going to be better, uh, right? Terrell, you talked about bringing DeJounte Murray over, one of the better defensive players, uh, you know, paired with DeAndre Hunter as well. And I think that last season when we saw DeAndre Hunter in this lineup for the Atlanta Hawks, this team was obviously defensively a lot better and gave them another scorer. He missed 29 games. Yeah, as well as next to Trey Young, having a, a, a second guy that can score the basketball as well. Now you're bringing a guy like DeJounte Murray. And Scott's where I do agree with you as well is that that chemistry is going to take a while because just how the type of players these two guys are, they're dynamic players. They need the ball in their hands to kind of be effective. Um, I think this might be a team that if we once we do start seeing that chemistry starting to click, that you're able to grab a a live updated mm-hmm. regular season win total if they do come out of the gate a little slower that that like what we're expecting. So for me, I think I agree with Terrell that I do lean towards the under full game. Oh, sorry for the full season under the forty six and a half. Um, but I think that once, like you mentioned, Scott, that once we do see that chemistry starting to click between Dejounte and Trey Young, that you're maybe able to find a middle. Uh, on an updated win total throughout the regular season and and try to middle that under 46 and a half and, and whatever that updated number may be. So for me, 
for, for at least for purposes for giving plays out here on the pod under 46 and a half, but I definitely will be looking at an updated number as the season progresses for this Atlanta Hawks team. Um, I didn't want to pose a question to you guys about this Atlanta Hawks team. Uh, Terrell, let me start with you on this. Nate McMillan, do you think is the answer for this team as the head coach? Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's Nate. I think Nate is a pretty solid head coach and he's going to get the best out of this team here right now. I don't think he's the answer. I I'm sure that if you went and you looked through all these, you know, bench coaches, these assistant coaches, you probably could find a couple people with that probably have more upside than Nate does, but I think he is a solid, hey, I'm going to put us in playoff contention. I'm going to have us a chance to get in the playoffs and then what we do from there is what we do from there. Okay. Scott? Yeah, I agree. I think if you look at what he's done since he got the job midseason a couple of years ago, they've gone to the playoffs, you know, two straight years, which is definitely a step in the right direction. The way that I would kind of describe his tenure, it kind of reminds me, if I'm thinking of a comparison, like Vogel in Indiana, where you're looking at a guy who gets to the playoffs every year. Is he going to win a title? Probably not, but I don't know if I can blame that on coaching or just the fact that this roster isn't as talented as some of the elite teams around the league. I think he's a good coach. You know, he's a defensive-minded guy. They've been successful with him. And the only issue is the struggles in the first half of seasons. First one wasn't his fault because he picked up the team basically halfway through the year. But I think if you're looking at the coaching staff, it seems like they have gelled well with the players. And I think that's going to be a big thing moving forward. I do think an underrated storyline for this team is John Collins. I was just about to say that. Because Collins got paid a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. For the record, I don't think Atlanta should have paid him, but that's a separate story. The point is Collins has either publicly stated or there are some rumors he was not happy with his role offensively and he wanted more shots. Now you bring in DeJounte Murray, who likes to take a lot of mid-range shots, who likes the ball in his hands as well. If we're talking about chemistry and how it could gel, I think Collins could be potentially a ticking time bomb. Just going to throw it out there. Trails, you have any thoughts on that? I know you said you also wanted to mention that. Yeah, no, no. I, I was just saying it's the same thing. It's just what are we going to get out of John Collins? I truly think that he is a glorified bench star, and I, I don't think he's he's like that. He doesn't add anything value to them defensively. He's just a guy that, that's really good at basketball offensively, and he can jump really good. But, I mean, I don't think that he's, he's a fun add for somebody that will play their role and if they get good looks underneath the basket or they have a good ISO or anything like that, then DeJounte Murray, Trey Young, whoever, they're going to kick it to him and they're going to let him go to work. But for somebody that's going to have plays specifically ran for him, making sure that he gets a certain amount of shots every single night, I just don't think he has that type of juice. Didn't Collins yeah, I mean, turn it into more of like a three-point shooter last year because he was trying to change his game to get more shots? I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of times we were watching those Hawks games. He was like spotted up in the corners trying to make yeah. those three point shots for the Atlanta Hawks. And again, we we heard about the rumors of, you know, the Hawks potentially trying to trade him. Not only was it during uh, the trade deadline last season, but also in the offseason. But nothing has really transpired about that as well. So like, like, you guys nailed it. I think that'll be something to definitely. I think there's no shot on. that he stays on the team throughout the entire season. I don't season. even know what he's worth, though. Like, I'm trying to think based on the contract. I know that contracts and the sour cap keep going up. So I don't even know what contracts are worth anymore because two, three years down the road with the media deals, all the, all the money's going to go up anyway. But I don't really know, A what Collins is worth on the market and B, if you could think of one player that's even available, like, do you think this team would be better 
if they would chip off, hypothetically speaking, John Collins for Miles Turner? So my thing and where I think that they still could come in and then if they do some type of deal where it's John Collins, Clint Capella and whatever, and they get DeAndre Ayton in January, that could be something that would be interesting. I know they've been linked to DeAndre Ayton in the past, and I know I the Pacers are somebody that have been linked to him, but I don't know if the Pacers are going to be willing to ship out capital when they know that they could assign him for free. And so I think that the Pacers are just going to kind of buy themselves out of the trade market. But Atlanta is still there. Atlanta still has Collins. They still have Capella. They have some things that would be interesting to a Suns team that just wants to get a quote-unquote cancer out of their locker room. So I think DeAndre Ayton is somebody that you could look for in the back half of the season that could potentially be an Atlanta Hawk. And if that happens, well, offensively, they're just going to go all the way up. Well, I was thinking of hypotheticals because we brought up that we don't think Collins is going to fit just chemistry-wise with this team. Manoff, would you agree with that? I think so. And we hear about the rumblings about, you know, Trey Young and John Collins. I, I, I don't know how much truth there is, but, you know, obviously the media is just putting yeah. stuff out there if there's a rift between those two players. They had an issue with one pure ball handler. Now they have two. Yeah. And I think the other issue with John Collins is that this, the contract that he did sign with the Atlanta Hawks five years, that $125 million, it's fully guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So, again, it, it, we'll see if, if a trade can uh, transpire for uh, John Collins as we kind of progress through the season. But you guys have anything else you want to mention about this uh, Hawks team? Well, that's why I brought up the Collins thing, because yeah. the point is, since he is getting a decent amount of money, it's all guaranteed. He's still a talented player. But I feel like uh, Terrell called him a bench star. I see him being a bad team, good stats guy. I think you throw him on a really bad team, he'll give you 20 and 10. You'll probably win 30 games tops. And I'm kind of wondering, since that's the kind of player he is, do I think there's really a market for him? And that's why I mentioned a hypothetical Miles Turner trade. I'm really thinking of anything to change any type of identity for Atlanta to maybe even triple down on the defensive identity that they're trying to install. But mm-hmm. I do kind of want to ask all of uh, both of you, since we think Collins long-term is not going to work, but since his entire career, he's been a pretty decent offensive player who's probably overpaid. What market does he have? Do you think a Turner trade's realistic? Because you mentioned Aiton. It's possible. It also depends if Phoenix clearly wants to just nuke the whole situation and just blow it up after paying him during the offseason. Do you think Turner's reasonable? Do you have another trade in your mind? Because I'm really not sure what Collins is even worth. I think my only issue with the Turner thing is that do you then play Capella and Turner together? Because I know Turner's more of a guy that hangs out around the the three-point line and wants to shoot shots, but I'm not sure that fit would make sense for me between Capella and Turner, but I think that would be... Bring Capella off the bench. I mean, you could. You have yeah. a couple options there. I'm not saying that maybe they would have a separate trade in place for Capella, but I kind of just mean how to either save money or how to get rid of a disgruntled teammate. I just think Collins is go- should get traded, and I'm trying to think of what market's even available for him, and Indiana's been trying to trade away Turner for about yeah. four years. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, the, the, the possibility is always there for, you know, them to trade him to the Patriots. And we know Patriots are going to be active, especially when with the direction that that team is wanting to go and trying to get rid of Miles Turner for I don't know how many years now. And then also Buddy Hield would be a good pickup for one of these teams that are contending, uh, whether that's in the West or the East. Terrell, do you have any teams in mind? 
could the Knicks trade Julius Randle for him? I mean, I said it. The Suns. I think the Suns is okay. is my clear cut number one right now. And then I leave the door open for injury because you you lose one of your third or fourth leading scorer via injury. You're going to be interested in a John Collins, somebody that can come in there and be really good offense for you. So via injury, he it could open up a lot of other teams. But for right now, I'm I'm sticking with the Suns. I think the Suns get. I have a disgruntled player. You have a disgruntled player. Let's swap both of them and try to make it work. Also, what is Collins? Is he an official four? Can he be a small ball he's five? Does he have a he's given classified position? as a four? He's I know he's classified four. now as a four because they have Capella. But if you're looking at the NBA, they're trying to get smaller all over the place. I don't think he could be a small ball five. That's he, the problem. I, he's not one of those. He doesn't have that that skill set to be able to come in and play a five in small ball. I think he's strictly a four, even in small ball. He still has to stay a four. I agree, and that's a problem. I think that caps his trade upside because I don't think he could be a small ball five either. Or if they threw him in there he wouldn't be effective that's drastically going to impact his trade value because the power forward is kind of a dying position because you mostly have small forwards playing power forward now yeah or you're stretched for like that can shoot the ball and yeah maybe that's what trons collins was trying to do Collins is trying to do that yeah I mean, last season but it came to shooting last year it looked like pj washington but that's still a separate story you know yeah all right, guys, let's get over to the last team of this division. It's going to be the Miami Heat. Last season, this team finished up with a record of 53-29. and 29. Um, Made it all the way to the, wasn't it, the uh, Eastern Conference Finals against the, uh, the Boston Celtics. Lost in seven games to that team. And this team, let's face it, they were they, – they were hurt a lot by injuries to a lot of their players, right? Kyle Lowry was in and out of the lineup, dealing with personal matters. You know, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, those Hero guys. Hero was banged up. Yeah, Tyler Hero was also banged up. How did um, they make it to seven games when you look back on it? I have no idea how. They were an infirmary for the entire series. I don't know how they made it to seven. Yeah, and the, the series, big news the that the entire we- season, Yersevin was a thing last year. Remember that? Yersevin yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh, was, was a legit thing last year for a few games. That's how injury-written this team was. He was a player prop king for like two weeks. He was just for walking his 12 yeah. and 12. Yeah, yeah. Um, Duncan Robinson, I think had had a a slower year as well. I think that's nicely putting it. He went from starting <laughs> starting yeah. to we forgot this man even existed. He became yeah. one of the worst contracts in the league in the span of like a year and a half. Yeah, Victor Oladipo back with this team as well. So again, the pieces are there for this team. It was just really about them getting healthy. They lost uh, Tucker as well. Yeah, they lost Tucker as well. But they come into the season with a projection or wind projection over on wind bed of 40 it opened up at 48 and a half or sorry when we discussed this back on august uh 48 and a half that number has now moved up uh by one win to 49 and a half this team is uh the odds on favorite to win the southeast division of minus 165 to make the playoffs minus 800 and five to one to miss the playoffs um Terrell, let me start with you about the Miami Heat. I think you nailed it last season when you took them to have their conference seat. I think it was under two and a half, uh, and and you hit that bet. But what are your thoughts about this Miami Heat team coming into the season? Uh, We're pretty much the same roster intact, and they also gave the bag to Tyler Hero just a few days ago. Didn't you pick him to be the one seed? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, was I was about to say that was the bet. That was the yeah. bet yeah. for Miami seat, to be the, the one seed. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. One. Okay. Yeah. One. Yeah. No, the under two and a half. The over two and a half was the Lakers bet where, you know, plus money, Lakers over two and a half seating easy. But 
the yeah Miami Heat Eastern Conference last year sixteen to one to be the one seed cash that that was a good call by me and ultimately it's the same kind of handicap this team is talented this team has a great coach they don't bullshit when they play the small teams the only issue that you have is health over the course of the entire season how healthy is this team going to be and I think last year was one of the more unhealthiest years that they've had where you talk about, again, Yurtsevin was a thing last year for like two weeks. <laughs> he is the third, fourth center on the depth chart, and he was a thing last year for like two weeks because of how injured that team was. He started and 12 so, games last year. Yeah, started 12 games. And so I think that this is now an opportunity for them, one, to try to stay healthy over the entire course of the year. I was – teetering back and forth when it went up to 49 and a half because again everybody can't be a 50 win team so there's got to be some people to regress i think boston's going to regress yeah and if i just sit here and look at the teams that i think are caliber for 50 wins in the east you have the bucks who i think is a clear cut no chance they're going to 100 be a 50 win team and then you have the nets and you have the 76ers and you have the heat and I think the Heat have the most solidified core among those other three that I, that they can finish this season with 50 wins. I know we talk about Gene Butler turns it on during playoff time, but he still balls out during the regular season. Yeah. I think this is an opportunity with the good coach. I'm going to back a good coach saying that they handle the small teams, they get a couple wins against the good teams, and they do enough to push this right to about 50. Yeah, I mean, look, this roster is pretty much the same that – uh, was last year, right? Uh, you know, Scott, you mentioned they lost PJ Tucker, uh, but it's still, you know, Kyle Lowry is, is back. Max Struess is going to be that starting lineup now. That's what the de- the depth chart is saying. Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, bam. Uh, Tyler Hero off the bench. You still have Gabe Vincent, uh, Dwayne Dedman, Victor Oladipo, uh, and also Omar Yurtsevin we talked about. So this roster, the the continuity and the chemistry from last season should carry over to this year. And, and again, Terrell, like you mentioned, one of the best coaches they do have on their sideline in Eric Spolstra. Um, I do think this team is going to be back to having 50 wins. Um, but Scott, let me get your thoughts on this Miami Heat team coming into this new season. Yeah, it's all going to come down to health. I still like the over. I'm looking at the overall games played by their star players last year. Butler played 57. Hero played 66. Adebayo played 56. Lowry played 63. So each of their four leading scorers and probably their best four overall players all missed at least 16 games, and they still won 50 games and change. This team is just incredible at finding random bench players to step up when their star players are out. And Mm -hmm. if any of those star players end up playing more and play around 70. Now, do I think Lowry is going to play 70? Absolutely not. I think Lowry at this stage in his career probably will miss close to 20, 30 games. Butler, you never know. You assume he's going to get hurt, probably miss 10, 20 games. Adebayo is interesting. I think Adebayo could play 70, and I think there is some framework there for that to happen. And Adebayo is a phenomenal center. In the playoffs, you know, you want him to step up. In the regular season, though, he's great. But I'm looking at the underrated piece, which we brought up, Victor Oladipo only played eight games in the regular season last year, and I think he's going to be a big piece in, quote-unquote, replacing Tucker. Now, I'm not saying he's as good of a defensive player as Tucker, but he's still really good. At yeah, I was about to say, he was really good in that Boston series. So that's what I'm yeah. saying. He was very good in the playoffs defensively. Shooting-wise, mm-hmm. not so much, but still. So if you're looking for who can replace Tucker in that role, 
I think Adebayo, I think Adebayo is going to have to really, you know, continue to do his thing in the paint. But on the perimeter, you mentioned Astruz is probably going to start. I'll agree. Do I think they maybe organize some type of committee with starting between Oladipo and Struz? I can see that too. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that Oladipo was that good defensively in limited action and the fact that he had that big of a role in the playoffs defensively, I think he could be a plug-and-play replacement for Tucker. But since they won that many games missing that, since they won that many games despite all their star players missing that many games last year, I think they'll get to 50 and change. I'm also low in the division. I mentioned Orlando going over. I have a 31 ceiling. I'm under on Washington. I'm under on the Wizards. I'm under on the Hornets. I I don't like a lot of teams in this division. I think Miami's going to clean up in this division. I'm going with the over for Miami's wins. Yeah, I mean, last season, you take a look at it. um, Two players played more than 70 games for this team, and that was Duncan Robinson, who played in 79 games and started 68 of those. And then he PJ played Tucker. too many. Duncan Robinson last year, he played a few yeah. too many games. If I'm being honest, but uh, PJ Tucker was the other player that played 70 or more games for uh, this Miami Heat team. And you take a look at Jimmy Butler, 57 last year. Kyle Lowry played 63. So you know, again, I think health is going to be the biggest thing for this team because the talent is there for sure. Coaching is there for sure as well. And we know Pat Riley is not afraid to make those moves when it comes to the trade deadline to improve this roster. So, yeah, I'm back on the over on Miami Heat at 49 and a half. Uh, last season, I love their over. I think my two best bets were Miami and the Chicago overs. I'm going right back to the well with Miami. And this team just has that it factor, um, especially led by guys like Kyle Lowry and um, Jimmy Butler. Any other thoughts on this uh, Miami Heat team, guys, you guys want to mention? Do you think they could be the one seed again? I, yeah, I think that the possibility is there. I think it's going to be between Milwaukee, Miami, and Philly for me. Hmm. I'm not sure about Philly, but I can understand where you're coming from. Milwaukee is the safe choice because you just yeah. assume they're going to walk in with Holiday and Middleton potentially being healthy. Yeah, I think Milwaukee could win 60. I'm not saying they're going to, but I think they'll probably win closer to like 55, 56. If I was picking one team now, I'd probably pick Milwaukee to be the one. Yeah, the, the I would Nets go Milwaukee, too, yeah. yeah. The Nets have too much uncertainty. Philly, I know that Harden lost 30-something pounds. Congratulations. He still gets hurt all the time, and Embiid gets hurt all the time. I know last year Embiid was relatively healthy, but historically speaking, he's had injury issues. So I'm not going to pick Philly. I would probably lean to Milwaukee. I think Miami will be a top three seed. Terrell, you nailed it last year with Miami being the number one seed. Do you see they can do it again? I'm trying to find odds. And That's what just, I was looking for. Yeah, uh, I, I, didn't can't, see I can't find number one in the East odds. That's uh, you looking for Miami? For seeding. Okay, number one Seven, seed. Here we go. Plus so. 750. Plus 750. So you got Boston. Boston at two. If you're betting Boston <laughs> at plus 250 to be the one seed, I mean. <laughs> yeah, what, what, are, what, what are the odds of the other seed? You said Boston at 250. What's Milwaukee at? Like okay, four, so we got five? Boston at 250, Brooklyn at plus 310, Milwaukee at plus 330, and Milwaukee being third is actually kind of wild. Uh, yeah, uh, Philly, at, Philly at 5 to 1. Miami at plus seven fifty, Cleveland at twelve to one, Atlanta at sixteen to one, Toronto at twenty to one. I'm not going any further than that because I don't think anybody else has a realistic shot. Give me Milwaukee at three thirty. I yeah, Mil- Milwaukee yeah. is somewhat of a value here. They should be favored. Miami I mean, you know, doesn't. You know they're going to walk into fifty. Miami actually doesn't sound bad. If I had to give my long shot. 
my somewhat long shot good value pick of this year, it wouldn't be Miami because it's plus seven fifty. It would actually probably be Toronto at two at twenty to one. Okay, but I think Miami has a good shot. I think Milwaukee has a good shot. I think Brooklyn and Philadelphia ultimately don't care enough, and if there's a chance for them to just go ahead and shit it away, they will. Milwaukee has that team history. I think they'll do it. Miami has that history of just coaching. I think they'll do it. And then Toronto, I think, is a sleeper team. All right. I don't hate it. Manoff, you have a thought on that? I, I, I'm with Milwaukee. I think that's a very good deal. I think Milwaukee should be favored. Yeah, Milwaukee. I mean, look, for them to be third on this list behind Boston with all the turmoil and things that they're dealing with the organization. Um, and again, a lot of players on that team that are injury prone as well. Uh, Brooklyn. I don't like. I think Scott, you you said that. I don't think they care to be the number one seed, uh, even though they do have the talent. But I think Milwaukee is probably that safe choice just because they walk into fifty plus wins ever since they got Giannis, Chris Middleton, and uh, Drew Holiday on this team. So, yeah, I would probably go with Milwaukee at plus three thirty as well. I think there is value on Miami at plus seven fifty. I want to get your thoughts on guys uh, about Cleveland at twelve to one. Any thoughts about that? I'm curious about chemistry with Garland and Mitchell to start the year. And if I'm going to be consistent, I mentioned potential chemistry issues with Murray and Trey Young because mm-hmm. Young had the ball in his hands the entire time, and now he's going to have to learn a new style of play. Garland had the ball in his hands a lot, and he, in a way, was kind of fortunate. I don't want to say he was rooting for injury, but when Sexton went down, the ball was def- by default given to him. And I think that now when you bring in Mitchell, who should end up taking what, like 20 shots a game, 18 shots a game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Garland is a very good passer, but he also loves to run the pick and roll with Allen. It would not surprise me early on in the year if offensively they have a couple of issues trying to work out the chemistry. Defensively, they're going to be sick because, of course, they still have Allen. They still have Mobley they're, and Akora. They have a very good defensive team. But I'm not going to pick Cleveland. I just think Mitchell is such a big piece. It's going to take time to gel. So yeah. I'm not picking them to be the one seed. I think they could finish top four, but I'm not going to pick them to be one. All right. All right. Before we get into some best bets, maybe a lock in dog for this division. Let me tell you guys about trade coffee. Trade coffee. It's it's crazy that, you know, a lot of us enjoy the finer things in life. Right. And so many of us still settle for black coffee every single morning with trade coffee. You can start every morning with something special. And look, I'll be honest. I'm not one of those guys that's a, a coffee drinker, but I do have family and especially my wife who drinks coffee in the morning and needs coffee to be function. And I can't have her have block coffee. So that's where trade coffee comes in. And trade coffee it will tell you exactly what makes a good cup of coffee is and specifically just for you, right? They have a team of experts. They have a, a quiz where you can take on drinktrade.com where they'll figure out which taste and which of their 450 exceptional coffee roasts are number one on for you. And all you have to do to get this, um, to take advantage of drink trade and get that coffee that you should have the best one of every morning is just check out drinktrade.com. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you'll ever have made at home, not that typical store-bought stuff, it's time to try drink, drink trade coffee. At Trade Coffee, right now, if we're offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping, but that's only at drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP. 
Make sure to take that quiz. They'll line you up with the best tasting coffee, specialized and personalized just for you. But again, you can only get that at drinktrade.com slash SGP. And again, if you go to that website, you'll also get $30 off your subscription to the best coffee in the country. Ross, we're brought to you by Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so betters can make and keep records of all the games that you're betting on, plus to check a look at your betting activity. But you can only take advantage of this if it is if you go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. That's oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, gentlemen, let's uh, close out this Southeast division with some uh, best bets. If you want to guys give out a lock and dog, I'll leave it up to you guys. Uh, Terrell, why don't you lead us off here, my man? If you have a best bet or a lock and dog you want to give out for the Southeast division. Okay, for my lock, Southeast division, let's go with the – uh, it, it, this is chalky, but it's it's pretty easy. Um, just give me the Miami Heat's win total, a forty nine and a half over forty nine and a half. I think they're a fifty win team. I think they have the continuity. I think they'll be healthier. This is a pretty. It feels a pretty lock for me for them to get the fifty wins. All right, for my dog. If you have one, you don't need one. If, yeah, you don't have to give it up if you don't have one. But No, I'll, I'll come up with a plus money bet around here somewhere. Matter of fact, let's do something fun. Let's do something fun because I see under conference seating. Well, let's see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's go with to participate in the play-in. Give me plus 165 on the Wizards to make the play-in. Okay. I'll right. take it. I think they're a middle-of-the-road team. Maybe uh, right there at that win total, that can get them a 10 seed. All right, Scott, what do you got? So I do have a lock and dog. Uh, my lock's going to be the Hornets team to- uh, win total under 36 and a half. The team's going to be a train wreck. And when you lose bridges for nothing, you bring in a defensive-minded coach when none of your star players play any defense, I, d- I think this team's going to be bad. I mean, there's really no other way around it. We knew last year, despite winning a decent amount of games, they were very, very streaky, especially with their defensive effort. I don't think this team's going to be very good without bridges. He was their leading scorer last year. I, I have the under. I think this team is going to be potentially a bottom 10 record in the league. My lock will be the Hornets win total under 36 and a half. I think they'll probably finish around 33-34. Hayward, if he's healthy, might burn me. Big if. I'll dare him to stay healthy because when he's injured, there you look a lot worse. Okay. What do you got for your dog? So for this one, I'm going to go to a head-to-head matchup in a win total. It's going to be the Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics, and the Miami Heat are plus 185 <laughs> all day, every day. <laughs> Give me that. It's, it's one thing if you're expecting the Heat to potentially have a down year. We're not. I think they're going to win 50-something games. Yeah. Boston was phenomenal, historically great in the second half of the year. Now your head coach is involved in some massive, you know, improper workplace environment scandal you also have a new roster with Brogdon, who gets hurt all the time. You brought in Gallinari, who tore his ACL. And your fail-safe move was to, was to bring in Blake Griffin, 
I watched Blake Griffin. He shouldn't <laughs> be in the league. I'm just saying that's how desperate they are to find another replacement for a veteran power forward. I think Boston's going to fall back down to earth. We all talked about that. Terrell laughed out loud when he heard the odds of Boston to be the one seed. But plus 185 for Miami, who's a proven 50-plus win team with Spolstra, to have a better record than Boston with a new interim coach taking over for the head coach from last year, I think 185 is a steal all day, every day. Give me that. All right. Uh, for my luck, uh, I'm in agreement, or I'll give up. Yeah, I'm in agreement with um, with Terrell on that Miami Heat. Give me the over 49 and a half as my luck. For my dog, I'm going to go with the alternate win total here. Orlando Magic over 30 and a half at plus 210. Okay. I, I think that, you know, this team can definitely get into the range of about 32 wins. Just again, we talked about if they're able to stay healthy. And even if they're not, I think there's enough depth on this team for them to, you know, win games. I love their head coach as well. And I think there's a lot of great young talent on this team. And I think that, you know, number one, I do like the over, obviously, the 26 and a half. Now it's at 27 and a half. But I think this might be a team that can get into that 32 to 33 range with the talent that they do have on this team. So at plus 210, I'll take over 30 and a half wins for the Orlando Magic coming into this season, guys. Um, all right, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast, the betting preview for the Southeast Division. Ever so closer to the season. Uh, gentlemen, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here, Terrell? No, no, I'm good. Let's go. Scott, anything else, my man? I'm just looking forward to the start of the season. The tankathon is going to be historic. And you you can probably start fading the bad teams out the gate. I know I tweeted it out. Uh, you, know, you wanted me to put some respect on the Rockets for that huge <laughs> performance. But I saw the first uh, scoreboard for preseason. And I saw the Jazz and the Spurs each down 30. And I'm like, all right, yeah, Victor, Victor's going somewhere. But this tank's <laughs> going to get ugly. Because if you're down 30 in your first preseason game, that's not a good sign. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I, I agree about that for sure. Uh, make sure to follow Terrell on Twitter at reallywell underscore underscore. Follow Scott on Twitter at Rishel Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. But more importantly, make sure to follow the NBA Gambling Podcast Twitter account at SGPNNBA. Definitely will be a lot more active this season. We got someone to run the account for us. So definitely check out uh, or make sure to follow us there. And again, we'll be back with the Dog graphic for this upcoming season as well. So make sure this is a great time to make sure to follow that Twitter account at SGPNNBA. We'll be back again. Uh, two divisions left between uh, the Southwest division and the uh, Atlantic division for the East. So make sure to look out for that. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give it, give it, give me the ball because I'm gonna